0: Good for you i'm glad Thank god you. is witnessing
1: he knows you're doing it
0: it was as god is my witness that's what i noticed from this viewing it's not as god as my witness it's as god is my witness oh really i didn't yeah. even pay attention to that <laughs> The that's what the
1: i just assumed as what it was as god as my witness oh
0: well that's what the um closed captioning said so
1: what's the difference you think god as is your witness As God as my witness? Like, she's not counting on God
0: being there. She knows God is there. Oh, I guess. God is her witness. Not, hey God, you listening?
1: Isn't that so funny, though, how people, like, misquoted famous quotes?
0: Oh, yeah. All the quotes are not right. None of them. It's so
1: funny. (laughs) But why do we remember it as as God as my witness, as opposed to God is my witness? Because
0: that does sound better. As God (laughs) as my witness, yeah.
1: (laughs) It just flows off the tongue better. It
0: does. It really does.
1: Oh, Mita. How Noddy. are you doing with God as your witness?
0: As God is my witness, I'm here. I'm a little tired. Tie tie to Stop.
1: <laughs> Do not say tie tie.
0: Tie tie. I'm feeling a little tie tie. Maybe my water here will boost boost me up.
1: Don't talk in your baby stripper voice.
0: Infant stripper. <laughs> I prefer infant stripper.
1: God, Mita, you and I had a big movie week.
0: We did, without yes. each other.
1: Without each other.
0: Without each other. We so, am- go for it.
1: No, you go for it. Okay. No, you we, go.
0: Wait, <laughs> who's going? <laughs>
1: who's on first?
0: It's like this is our first time ever talking to It people. really is. This is so weird. Okay.
1: Mita and I went to the movie theater and we saw... Nope. But we saw it separately.
0: Yeah, we didn't see it together.
1: And we really, like, I gave a little bit of my insight into it, but you have kept your opinions to yourself.
0: Yeah, I have. So
1: first, can I just say before we even talk about the movies? Yeah. I love the movie theater. (laughs) I just love it. It makes me feel so good. And it's really, truly a happy place for me. It
0: really is. Everything good happens there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I could have seen a bad movie, and not that I'm saying this was good or bad. I could have seen a bad movie, though, and had just as good a time.
0: I don't know if i agree with that yeah, no entirely. this time
1: generally speaking i was just in the mood where i really wanted to go so I, when i went i could have seen anything and enjoyed it i That's think true. to some you degree you know
0: what it also was though is like i didn't pay for this i have so many so many like, free reward movies, points yeah. right now that i didn't pay for it so i think that that was like probably why it wasn't even reward points it's from my cineplex membership yeah. like i have all those tickets just sitting there because i haven't gone i haven't gone to the theater since like may so it's been a yeah, while. It's a, yeah,
1: it's been a while. Yeah. I went. There's a couple of Bollywood movies actually coming out that we're planning to see. So I should hopefully be going more regularly. It's also Oscar season is approaching. It's coming. This is the, this is the time of year and a big time for our podcast. Yeah, huge. But before <laughs> we get there. Yes. Thoughts on Nope.
0: Thoughts on Nope. Okay. I went into Nope without really knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Because when the trailer came out, I was like, nope, I'm not going to know anything about this. I'm going to go in blind. Because I also think that's what I did when I saw us and when I watched Get Out. I didn't know anything about them at all. And I felt like it made for a better viewing experience. Nope. Nope was good. I I get it. I get the whole idea of, like, wanting to create a spectacle, what the surroundings of a spectacle are and how it affects us as human beings. But I will say in terms of, like, the pacing of this movie and just, like, the overall feeling, it felt a little bit more run down than his other two movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you can tell that, I don't know, I just feel like the same, like, enthusiasm wasn't there in the actual, like, making of this Something was missing for me.
1: It wasn't potent. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like... I will say that Get Out was so, I think, on the nose. And, like, it was really on the nose. But on the nose in, like, all the right ways. So it Mm -hmm. felt really good. And I think with Us... I was talking about this with, like, a movie friend of mine. And we were saying how Us is great until the end. Like, Us as a theory and as a horror movie is mint. Like, yeah. imagine imagine the concept of, like, people who look like you, but are deranged, chasing you with scissors. In
0: a home invasion kind of in scenario. In a home like, invasion. Setup. I was just watching it before we recorded this. Yeah. And, like, that whole setup is just really great.
1: It's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and he plays it so well. There's some grade A horror in us. It's just the end kind of feels like tacked on almost. Yeah. And when you get to it and you're just like, really, there's a whole world beneath here that just mimics us. It just feels very like forced. But because the first half works so well, you kind of like let it go. Mm hmm. Nope doesn't have that.
0: Nope is very subtle in its message as well. And like that doesn't really, it doesn't benefit from its subtlety. Yeah. Like he, the thing with his films are that you get what the point is. You get the meaning. And like I a lot of the reviews that I've been seeing here, people are like, it doesn't even make sense. Why is there a monkey? And like all this stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, Jordan, you didn't really like, you didn't shove your opinion in our faces like you have before. And I think because it's Because he's losing. one of the
1: few directors who can do that gracefully. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do, like to be able to force feed someone your vegetables of your in the, your movie to be like this is what this is about, and to still have it be engaging is really hard. He is, for the record, a very good director.
0: He knows how to season his vegetables. Yeah, he right? does. Like he makes them palpable. Yeah. And this, I think, they're they're just lacking some seasoning.
1: Yeah, and the other thing I'd say is that I think what he does is he sets up his movie. With the B storyline about the monkey, mm-hmm. but it ends up being stronger than the A storyline.
0: Yeah, the B. Like I was watching that, thinking like this would be the more. Engaging this would be film. the much
1: better movie. Yeah, yeah. And especially that opening scene, you're like hooked right away, and then you realize, oh, this is the B story.
0: Yeah, this was a it, little. Yeah. This is Hands Across America. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. So overall, it was an okay. I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think if I'm going to rate it out of five,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to give it a three and a half. Oh, I'd give it three. Three, yeah. I did yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. I think, but I also did enjoy, I enjoyed the, I'm going to go back home and look up all the stuff that I want to look up. Yeah. It. That's what, what, that's what he's also really good at, as engaging an audience and like wanting them to learn about it. Like the, the monkey storyline is based off of a true story. So I've been yeah. in that, like that YouTube rabbit hole for a little bit. And like That's the exciting part for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's my point, my point five added.
1: I think the other thing about Jordan Peele in general is that he's a highbrow horror filmmaker and that in and of itself is admirable. Like you're not watching some Bloomhouse movie. No. You know what I mean? Like he is someone who takes time. He writes a script, even a less than amazing Jordan Peele horror movie is a good horror movie. And like this does have some decent moments, but it's not us in terms of like fear factor.
0: And it, also, it's just nice to see some originality. Like, it's not percent off of anything. It's something that's yeah. an original concept from his mind, and he mm-hmm. does that really well.
1: Yeah. He has
0: a really big brain.
1: Big brain. Big and brain he, energy. And it's nice. It's nice to actually see that. And like you're saying, it's nice to see something that is meant to be seen on a big screen that is not a Marvel movie.
0: Also, I just love Kiki Palmer. I think she's I love so that fun.
1: casting. Kiki Palmer and um, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya were really, uh, it was good casting. He
0: has an Oscar-winning not cast. Oh, he did not ask too. Never mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had Lupita. But Kiki was really entertaining in this. But I hope he's not going the Emnia Chamlan way. Oh, I where, hope. Where, you know, first one was your strongest, second one was good, third one, you know, teetering, and then it just starts to, like,
0: What's going Go on?
1: Away. What's going on? You don't Maybe really know. Maybe
0: he'll write Stuart Little
1: three, and <laughs> that'll be a saving grace. Yeah. We'll see. But meet Speaking of spectacle, yeah, in <laughs> the grandest way. This week we watched the 1940 Best Picture winner, Gone
0: with the Wind. I was like, Are you? Waiting for-
1: I was waiting for Mita, yeah. Okay. So we watched Gone with the Wind, which is our first, I'd say, major, the movies we've watched, this is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Epic. Epic, but also very, like, everyone knows it.
0: Yes, it's well known. Everyone
1: has known and heard of Gone with the Wind, whether they've seen it or not.
0: Yeah, I would say this follows under the, like, epitome of what you would imagine a best picture to be, a best picture yeah. winner. Yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Shall they give us a quick discro and then we could just... Uh,
0: Let's get into her. Chow down? Yeah. Nom, okay. nom, nom.
1: So, Gone with the Wind. Wind and gone. The manipulative daughter of a Georgia plantation owner conducts a turbulent romance with a roguish profiteer during the American Civil War and Reconstruction periods. It took me a couple of times to get that out, but I cut them out. You got it, Leah Michelle. There we go. Okay, Mita. I think... Here's what I think.
0: Wait, can we start with something?
1: I think... I don't know if we want to start with your something or my something.
0: Okay, can I tell you what my something is and I'll, then we okay, can decide. sure. I was going to start, did yours, did you rent it on Apple?
1: No, I owned it.
0: Oh, So I okay. watched it on DVD. Can we start with my thing? I rented it on Apple. Okay. And the start of this film has a, a message for oh, you Oh, it viewers. does. Yes. Okay,
1: so I think we should talk about, I, I want to say, I think you have to talk about Gone with the Wind in two ways. Okay. I think you have to talk about it. As a film that was made in 1940, Mm -hmm. and what it stood for, especially at the time, and what it stood for for filmmaking. Yes. And then how it's aged in 2022. Okay. Because I think they're actually very different things. They are. That each need their space to be discussed.
0: When should I? I wrote it down, what the message was.
1: So maybe once we get there, what do you think? What do you think of my theory?
0: When we get to, okay, let's talk about what it was at that time, and like its impact, in the forties,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we'll I'll tell you what the Apple had to say. Apple had to say, yeah.
1: Okay, this is a big movie. Huge, huge. <laughs> it is like you were saying; it's the definition of a best picture winner.
0: It's just so sweeping.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to describe it. It is four freaking hours. Yes, it's long AF.
0: A epic historical drama.
1: Yeah, if on there ever was many
0: fronts, yes,
1: and. I don't know about you, I watched it in four parts because I knew I wouldn't be able to sit there and watch it in one go, just purely based on my time period, like my life. So I found four hours to watch it separately. Wow. And I think I actually enjoyed it more because of that.
0: Yes. Because as I, I did not watch it in four parts. I watched it in two parts, but... What I was thinking while watching it, I was like, this would make such a great series." Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> and that's how I felt watching it. It felt like I was watching a mini miniseries. Mm-hmm. And so I actually was looking forward to it as I was like, I watched my first hour and I was just like, Ooh, what's going to happen in the next hour of Gone with the Wind?
0: And I do think, though, that that's really how it should be watched because mm-hmm. when I think about when I watched it when I was younger like on television it was like a two-night event like Turner Classic Movies would do the first two hours, or up till the intermissions or the first hour 45 really yeah um, on television on one night and then you have to tune in the next night to watch the rest of the movie yeah yeah
1: and so I can totally see why that's the case because I think the movie is actually not consistent across the board it's strong in some places. Well, mm-hmm. When you're watching those, like, four hours, it's strong in some places, and it's weak it in others. Off. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it this allows you to kind of maintain that momentum, because you're still watching it to get to the next, like, section of it. But I want to know your thoughts. On the length? On the movie. <laughs> On, On the Gone movie. with the Wind, Mitha. I, We've talked nice. about so many things about Gone with the Wind, but... Let's talk about basic thoughts.
0: Okay. I have experienced Gone with the Wind before, but as I mentioned last week, it's been quite some time. It's been over Uh a decade probably since I've last watched it. And so while it does have a really lasting impression... Until you're like actually sitting there consuming it once over, you can forget some of those feelings. Yeah. And I have to say, I was so delighted by watching this. Yeah, like the idea of watching some an epic film of like none other before its time was really um really thrilling and like kind of just. I felt like it's weird because it didn't feel like a big hug in the way that like I needed this comfort, but mm-hmm. it felt like here I am, here's this picture, I'm going to wrap my arms around you and you're going to be in for a ride for the next four hours. And I was really dreading the time, like really yeah. dreading it. I was pretty depressed that we were going to have to watch a four-hour <laughs> movie. And I, it flew by for me. Like I, I looked at one point and I was like, oh, how am I already like – I didn't stop at the intermission. Like I went past it. I was probably two and a half, to, closer to three hours in – when I stopped. Wow, really? Yeah. Because I just was like just very captivated by it. And I think it is a it's definitely an improvement from the last few films that we have been watching that have Uh won Best Picture. And I think the main reason, and I hate saying this, but it's what I've learned about myself and I have to live with it. It's the color. color. (laughs) It's the color. It really does make such a big difference in like how you feel about a film. And as as bad as that sounds, like, I'm sorry, but if this had been in black and white, it would not be as thrilling as it was for me, this go around. But then also there is just this like, I don't know what, there is to it because when you think about the bare bones of the story and like what's being told, it's not that great. It's like war it's wartime. It's my least yeah, favorite It's thing. Your least
1: favorite, yeah. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> least- but this movie is just so spellbinding and I I'll, I think a large part of it is the female perspective that comes across on this and that's not something that we've seen up until this point with like the best pictures that we've been watching and it's a really interesting point of view as opposed to like some damsel in distress. Like Scarlett is not that. She is that she's but not. she's also more. Yeah. There's so much more joie de vie to her and she like knows what she wants. She's not afraid to do like shady shit to do it and she's... Up until in some up till some point, she's very unapologetic about it. She's like, This yeah. is who I am. I know what I want. And yeah. I loved that. So I really, really loved watching this movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I'd never seen this. So this was my first experience of it, especially because like there was a time in my life where I made an effort to watch classics that I hadn't seen. Like a good few years where I would rent things and I knew what classics were and I would sit down to watch them like night after night. And I bought Gone with the Wind with the intention of being like, all right, you got to sit down and watch Gone with the Wind. And clearly just never got around to it. And I don't know what would have persuaded me to watch it if it wasn't for this podcast. Because the the prospect of watching a four-hour Civil War drama romance Mm -hmm. is so (laughs) exhausting. And I wasn't, like, excited. But when we were watching it for this, I was just like, okay, I'm being forced to watch this movie. I should have watched by now. And I was excited for it and I was riveted and I was not expecting to be like, I really was not, I didn't know what to expect and I know there, I know the film is problematic and again, we're going to talk about that later. And so I was expecting that to bother me more than it did. If I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. I think there's things I can look at and be like, huh, but there's also things I look at and I think Scarlet as a character is so well-written and yeah. so fascinating and so, like, nothing you've seen and nothing you see for, like, a few years.
0: You don't get that until... You like, don't even
1: get that now.
0: No. And maybe, maybe like, ten years later down the line, you get it in All About Eve, but not in the same Not way. even the
1: same thing, Mita. Like, yeah. Eve is conniving and she's bitchy, but Scarlet is conniving and manipulative but a hero at the same time.
0: Scarlet is the original Blair Waldorf.
1: She's so complex as a character. She's so unlikable, and you're rooting for her, for her the, the entire, entire time. time. End to end. When she's she, when she wants to sleep with a married man, and she doesn't give a shit, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I hope she gets him.
0: I hope she does, too.
1: I hope it works out. It's You get it, girl. A, <laughs> you do you, Scarlet, because this is the same manipulative woman who is saving her entire family from poverty at the same time. As God so, is her witness. As God is her witness. It's so interesting to watch. And she is the reason the movie, I think, keeps going. Because the, the it does kind of, like, ebb and flow and, like, ups and downs and things like that. But she is the reason it continues to be watchable, even in its slowest times.
0: When she comes on that screen, it picks up.
1: It picks up and that's, that is two things. It's the writing, but it's also Vivian Lee who like really delivers a masterclass. Like it really is. It is, I think the first performance that we've seen where I was just like, oh, this, there's a reason you are who you are. And I think it's the other thing I was trying to watch. I was like, you know, some of these movies we've watched, we've been like, why did you win Best Picture? Why are you like, even just last week when we watched You Can't Take It With You, we're like, why is this big? Why did this win? I understand exactly why this is as popular as it is. Like, there's no, there's no mystery about that.
0: As popular as it is in a year where there are a ton of really great, like, memorable films. Like, when you look at the best picture list for this year, these are movies that we know and have heard of. Did oh, talk, I didn't even did look, you look at, at it? it. I'll read it out to yes, you. Yes, please. I have it open somewhere. Uh, do I?
1: Oh, The Wizard of Oz? Oh, yes. get out. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: So Gone with the Wind, um Goodbye Mr. Chips, and I don't know. D- Dark Victory, Love Affair, Ninotchka, um Stagecoach, and then you have Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, of Mice and Men, The Wizard of Oz, and Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Like those are those are well-known films. Yeah. But this does stand out.
1: This does stand out. Does. And I get I get the hype of Gone with the Wind. Yes. Like, I totally understand it because it is, it is, like you said, it's sweeping. It's it. Like, it really engulfs you in all of it.
0: And I like what you said about her performance being masterful, but I also think of all the movies that we've watched so far... Beyond it being a female performance, just a performance in general. like Full stop period. Whether yes. actor or actress, it is so good. She embodies that character. I have never read the book and I probably won't read oh, well, the not. book. No. But <laughs> when watching her, I was like, oh, this feels like what this character would feel like to me if I was reading the book. If I was reading about this woman mm-hmm. who's been through these harrowing times and how she's come above and she's put herself first in all of this. Like that's what it, it, I, it felt true to form to me as somebody who hasn't read it, but I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's just, it's there.
1: The other thing I thought was really interesting was, I, I think the lesser writer, and I'm sure there's books that have done this at that time, mm-hmm. would have Melanie be the main character.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: Yeah, <laughs> and her goody-goodiness and all of that would be, that would be the leading kind of virtue. Yes. And I think having a Melanie beside a Scarlet, Makes Melanie more palpable, like more palatable, sorry. Mm -hmm. But it makes Scarlett all the more interesting to watch.
0: She has these genuine moments of like, she is entirely unlikable. Like there's no reason for (laughs) for us to be liking her. But she has these like moments of vulnerability. And it's not even vulnerability in the way of like, oh, poor her. It is how you would expect anybody to be. Like a real person. Like my worst enemy, I wouldn't want to see them hurt in that way. But they're Mm -hmm. still my worst enemy.
1: Yes. Like she's still a bitch. Mm -hmm. But I feel bad for that bitch.
0: Damn, she's a good bitch.
1: She's a good bitch.
0: Yeah. And I can understand Rhett's intrigue.
1: In her, yes. In
0: her. As yeah. much as she pushes him away, as much as she, like, is kind of a brat about things. And she's she's rude to him in a lot of she's ways. totally
1: rude to him, yeah. I
0: get why he keeps coming back for
1: more. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's the only one in all the county who has any amount of, I think, she's a character. Like, even as a human being, if you met someone like that... She's fascinating.
0: She's compelling.
1: She's compelling. That's the it's, word. Yeah. It's
0: almost like they've taken this 21st century woman and plopped her into 1940.
1: But, Mitha, 30. I can't even think of a modern day woman who's as complex and interesting as that. Aside from, like, Amy Dunn. You know I love Gone Girl.
0: Yes, I know but you love Amazing even Amy.
1: Gone Girl, even in Gone Girl, Amy is a little bit more two-dimensional than this.
0: Yeah, there isn't that... Well, Amy is written as a sociopath and is as a, a villain. Yeah. Whereas, like Scarlet, it we're not meant to think that she is a sociopath because we don't know the definition of that word yet. Do you know what I mean? Like Amy, Amy could very well be Scarlett O'Hara, but because we also know we know about like serial killers and how their mind works, sure, now, yeah. Then, like, yeah, we're gonna think that way of her. But I, I wonder, like, if you wrote Amy in 1940.
1: What would Amy do?
0: Yeah, Amy would be just as amazing.
1: I don't know if Amy would be. And I think that's my point is that Scarlett is, again, she's manipulative and conniving and she's self-serving and self-centered. But she also, when the time comes, she steps up like no one else in the movie does. Mm. No one else in Scarlett's own world does. She hates Melanie, but somehow they're together the entire time. She helps her
0: deliver her her baby. Her baby.
1: Yeah, exactly. She is this jumble of, you know, conflict and a jumble of contradiction. She is pining after a married man who has a child, but she's the one woman who's keeping their her entire family alive. Mm-hmm. She, it's, She's a smart businesswoman. She's also shrewd in her decisions. Like when she chooses to marry Frank, she knows exactly what she's doing. And while it is conniving and manipulative, you're also kind of like, I get it, girl. Yeah, you I get gotta it. do you, what gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do. You gotta survive. And she's kind of the only one who gets that.
0: When Rhett literally asks her, like, what are you thinking about? And she goes, how rich we are. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, she's so yeah. honest. And I think that's what's really just lovely about her in all the worst ways possible.
1: Or when he's like, are you marrying me for my money? And she's like, well, partly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she's not, She's. she's not, she doesn't mince words. She's not
0: afraid to be herself.
1: And so one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, can you actually name a woman, modern day character, who's as interestingly written as she is? Because well, I, I couldn't think of one.
0: What I want to do now, as part of our project, is to start writing down all the compelling female characters mm. that we get introduced to. Because I don't think there's going to be a long list. No. And I want I want to write down them so that I can remember them for moments like this when you test me. But <laughs> I can't think of anyone Modern day.
1: Man or woman, to be quite honest. That's I can't so think of a ballsy. Car- ballsy and complex and gray and black and white at the same time.
0: So unlikable, but likable at the same time.
1: Well, so unlikable, but so compelling, compelling. at the same time. Yeah. Like you're, she is, she is a villain and a hero in the same scene. Like when I she's so like, I men, gotta.
0: Like so many bros are going to name Jordan from Wall Street.
1: No, he's just a dick.
0: But he's just a dick. He ends up
1: beating his wife. Like, I can't. Scarlett doesn't do shit like that.
0: I wouldn't put it past her. (laughs) (laughs) I really, like, I'm. It's
1: hard, right?
0: I mean, uh, Tanya Harding in a way, like Margot Robbie's performance. That's true, yeah. I don't know if real Tanya Harding is like that, but Margot Robbie's Tanya Harding can be like that for sure. Because I did walk away from that movie understanding more of her truth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And having a different appreciation for what Tanya Harding went through. Yeah. What about Roxy Hart, Mita?
0: <laughs> but Roxy, like, plays the victim. Yes. Whereas Scarlett, Scarlett wouldn't is do no that. Victim. If Scarlett was in the same situation as Roxy, like, she got caught with her lover and her husband accidentally, or, well, purposely shoots him. Yeah. Like, Scarlett would be like, Yeah. I was sleeping with him, and he got shot. (laughs) He screwed me over, and my husband shot him for me. Like, she wouldn't... Roxy plays the victim, and so it's not... I mean, Roxy is a very compelling character. She's not my favorite. Velma's my favorite. But, um, no, I would not put them in the same boat.
1: That's fair. Yeah. There was a few things in this movie I was actually not prepared for. Scarlet, as a character, flat out one of them. I was expecting her to be some damsel in distress from start to finish, and I thought she was pining after Rhett. This movie also felt way ahead of its time in many Mm -hmm. ways. Like, way ahead of its time in its approach about romance and sex. Yeah. And also, I thought this was going to be a pretty movie for way more than it was. Like, I thought we were going to have more gowns and, and things like that yes and she- parties and banquets and things you get one party and then that ends
0: it's the perfect amount of it though yeah because even her outfits in itself are pretty remarkable and like when they put that woman in green it speaks louder yeah. than the words in the the film like it's they it does have that but it's not in the way of like how we expect it today
1: That red dress that she wears to the birthday party.
0: Yes. It's pretty,
1: it's it's pretty banging.
0: But it's not in the way that we expect it now. Yeah. You know, like when a movie like something like Age of Adeline came out, everyone was like, I want to watch it for the clothes. And I think this movie is what built up that notion that people watch movies now of a certain time period for the clothing. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I think this was beyond its years at that point. Yeah, because everything we've watched up till this point was like kind of lackluster like even something yeah. like Zigfield, where it's like yes there's these like really great dance numbers and I'm sure those costumes are, are Marvel one it's not in color so you don't really get the yeah. wow factor from them and you lose some of the the factors like in terms of texture and what it would look like but mm-hmm. then like they, they were just there like they didn't you know like the characters who were like
1: She's, She's wearing the clothes. wearing the clothes. The clothes yeah. are wearing her. Yeah. And
0: that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think it's also one of the first instances where you have a star. Like, I don't... I know Vivian Lee wasn't actually as big at the time. She no. was, like, a last choice for this and all of that. Yeah. But, in retrospectively, when you watch it, and again, there's certain scenes where she, like, comes on screen and you're like, that is someone who has screen presence. Like, nothing... I've seen... Un- of these, like, last ten movies, no one. No. Save for maybe Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert, but I think their chemistry is louder than their individual presence. Whereas in this,
0: it's she her.
1: commands the screen. She and like, Clark the Gable siren. is great as well, but he's not as good as she is.
0: Well, he's only good because of her. I really think she br- she brings it. She is this movie. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. I was also really surprised at the scale and like we've seen big scale stuff by this point but that sequence where she's going through the town and all the bodies are lying on the ground and it's like an aerial shot it's like those are all people yeah it's amazing to kind of like look at some of this stuff and like the cinematography of the plantations and stuff it is quite breathtaking to see
0: like when they're doing some of like the sunrises and sunsets like some of it yes it's a little cheesy like From what's appearing there. But the light that is there is really remarkable.
1: Like, as God is my witness, it is a beautiful scene. It is a great sequence. And that could totally be
0: an ending shot. Like, that could have just been it. And we've been like, okay, we get it. She going, she going, bringing the house down.
1: Exactly, yeah. (laughs) But now, Mita. Yeah. Let us change. Shift gears? Shift gear a little bit. Yes. Because this movie is 80 years?
0: 19... 40 and we're in 22 Storm. yeah 80 years
1: Whoa. it's 80 years old and it came out in 1940 when we were at the cusp of when we were already in world war ii but before world war ii got real bad mm. and we're gonna slowly get to where world war ii gets also sorry real this bad. came
0: out in 1939
1: but the awards Award are from 19, 1940, yeah. 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 But we were still in a war at 1939. Yeah. I think we had just started it. Yeah. This movie did incredible business at the time, and I think adjusted for inflation, it's something like $4 billion is what it's made. Shit. And at one point, I read, like, box office figures that at one point, the number of tickets that were sold were 50% of the American population. So 50% of America, America. Had, gone to, had gone to see this movie. Wow. When it released on, um, I think NBC did a broadcast of it, they paid $5 million for a single shot to show it. It ended up having the highest movie ratings of all time. It, it, the, the, the like list of accolades. impact and yeah. accolades of this go on and on. And I can totally, be quite honest, I get it. I get it now. I completely understand it. Mm-hmm. But... What did Apple have to say?
0: So I rented this movie on Apple and now I'm considering buying it because I think um, it would be cool to have in the digital collection. Mm -hmm. But the movie starts with a a warning. Mm -hmm. Not exactly a trigger warning, but a warning, if you will. And well, first I want to say Apple has this cool new feature where if you want to like copy something like copy text, you can take a like a picture of it and it'll yeah. copy all of the text in the picture. Oh nice. And then you can just paste it in your notes. Oh that's cool. So I it's didn't It's like have they to know you this. have a podcast. They didn't I didn't have to write down any of this. I just like that's cool. did the copy thing. But anyways, it says <clears throat> Gone with the wind is a product of its time and depicts racial and ethnic prejudices that have unfortunately been commonplace in American society. These racist depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. To create a more just, equitable, and inclusive future, we must first acknowledge and understand our history. This picture is presented as it was originally created. And I think that's perfect.
1: Yeah, I think I that's an really exact amount like, of justification.
0: Yeah. Like, it didn't go too much into the details. It didn't, like, harp on the fact that, yes, there are injustices in this film. But it also is what that was at the time. Yeah. And when this book was written, that is it. the author of this book those were her experiences. So we can't not revisit them. Like that is history. Yeah,
1: that is history. And I will give that there is some quote unquote whitewashing of that history, Mm -hmm. but we can't forget that.
0: It's also someone else's perspective, right? It's not. Yeah, yeah.
1: it isn't. And I think the, I think that justification or that like provisor from Apple is like the, like you're saying, it's the exact amount of like explanation to be like, hey, just so you know, this movie isn't representative of our current time, but at the time, this is this is what it was. Mm-hmm. Watch it for what it is. And it's tra- trying to avoid the cancel culture of it all, essentially.
0: Well, do you know what, like, the all the hubbub that came out in the most recent years, there was, like, a writer from the New York Post who wrote that Gone with the Wind is undeniably racist and that we should remove it from the culture. Yeah. Like, he legit called out. For that to happen and then there were some theater theaters across the u.s that were going to play gone with the wind and then they pulled them off because of like this article and all the the talks yeah. that had been happening on the internet but i i do think it is something that should still be experienced by people yeah yeah
1: I, I i can't i can't take that away i was expecting to be more offended by it and i don't i truly do mean that like i was i was watching it and there's sequences and scenes where i'm just like okay hey, yeah but but that's also the time that was also the time
0: and i don't think there's anything in there that is extremely unjust in that like maybe there was terrible treatment done to the actors who were in the film or there was any sort of racist behavior with malice intent like while the film was being made like i think everything in there is depicting a Point in history, and so like yes, those characters may have had malice in their intent, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be depicting it on the screen because that's how we're going to learn about these things as well.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the big criticisms I've read is that the movie essentially tries to turn the South into this like noble fable almost. It was kind yes, of like the good and old days. Confederacy and
0: the was like a good
1: thing. It was and great, that it, yeah. and even the black people loved slavery and all of that, and like. And you do get
0: a sense of that.
1: You totally do, especially watching it now and understanding that, like, the Yankees weren't actually the bad people. They were the good people, but they are made to be villains here. I get that. And those are the kind of things where you watch it now and they talk about, like, the good old days and the South will never be what it was. And you're just kind of like, okay, but maybe the South shouldn't be what it was. And you kind of, like, you come, you think about those things, but at the same time, you're watching it. And it was those were the kind of things where I was just like, I watched, I was like, oh, this wasn't great. And then you move on from it. I wasn't as morally offended by it. And I don't know what that says about me as a moviegoer. I
0: don't think it's that morally offensive of a movie, though. Like, we're not watching Birth of a Nation. Like...
1: Someone compared it to Birth of a Nation. I Ooh. read an article where someone said Birth of a Nation is outwardly racist and outwardly offensive for what it is. Mm-hmm. But Gone with the Wind is the backdoor version of that. Because it has all these kind of white saviors who are trying to make slavery seem like it was okay, essentially, and you have all these black characters, all of them really. What's what's the what's her name? Patty. Patty. No, not no. The young um, maid. The really annoying one.
0: Oh, the one who who lied about. Who lied about everything? Yo, I was so pissed. I was like, "Why are you lying (laughs) on your job interview when there's a pregnant lady in the
1: house?" (laughs) This is not the time for this.
0: Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I'm but her.
1: There's also the black slave, the the male slave in the house. Yeah, and there is Mammy. So all of these people are like, they're not intelligent. They're definitely, they're almost happy to be enslaved. Mm. You are definitely trying to paint all black people a certain way and paint the south a certain way and you are trying to definitely make it seem like this time was magical and it, it wasn't
0: prissy 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 was she ridiculous. was an idiot prissy lied on her job interview
1: <laughs> yeah man she should not have lied about that
0: but i also think like are we not giving people the opportunity to to absorb media anymore like we're
1: trying to speak for them right yeah yeah, like I gotta say though, Mita, hmm. I'm a little surprised this is your opinion.
0: Did you think I was gonna be really like?
1: Yeah, I did. To be upset quite honest. about it,
0: yeah. yeah. I, but as I was watching it, I was I wasn't overtly offended by anything, and I I did think going into it, oh, I there's gonna be some things like from what I can remember, like there's gonna be some things that I'm like very upset about. Yeah, but I wasn't. I don't. I, it sounds bad in my mind, but I also. I understand history I know yeah. that prejudice exists I knew that these people went through that I know that this this movie is like a per, a particular point of view though yeah. and so while like if this was gonna be made today like I can accept the fact that this was made a very long time ago and that is how things ran back there if this was made today that's a different story
1: and I think there's I think there's one thing about even the you can tell even by watching it it's inaccurate but the intent isn't malicious behind it
0: no it's not to be like we're trying to make that make it look like all white people yeah. are yeah I mean, yeah it's it, just there, how it was
1: it's just how it was and it's kind of like they it seemed that the makers were trying to be representative of what the white and black dynamic was and they tried to they did try to treat look mammy's a major character in this mm-hmm. and she has a lot of gravity and she has a lot of responsibility in the film Mm -hmm. so they are still giving and she's the first black character who has substance in a film that we've seen yes you so you got to give it that too like she and she won an academy award for a reason and i mean that's a whole other thing the fact that she had she had to sit separately you know at the academy awards she was not invited initially to the premiere like she went through a
0: lot had said like i'm not gonna go to the The Oscars, if she can't go,
1: yeah. And even when she went, she had to sit at like a back table, segregated from the white people. That's real injustice. Yes. And that is something. That's what we should
0: be fighting about. Yes,
1: exactly. And it's good that you know finally we're at a place where black people do have a place at the table. Do enough people have a place at the table? No. Do enough brown people? Do enough Asian people? Yeah, exactly. And that's a different conversation. But I don't think we have to remove this film from the filmography because it depicts something that at the time was accurate.
0: Especially because it's a part of the conversation, too. Like, it is yeah. proof that, you know, yeah. there is injustice, there is, you know, inaccurate depictions. You know, if you're making this film today, like, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to have more of what the black experience would be like hopefully yeah. if, if you're somebody who's making this and you're going to show that a little bit more with some more respect than what the actors in this film had but like you can't disregard something completely
1: i think it's also a interesting example of how it's easy to persuade someone to not know the truth like if i was an uneducated person watching this i could take what's happening here to be fact it's really easy to persuade someone with a film or with art or with whatever to be like, this is what it was like. Mm-hmm. And this is a real example of it because the movie is very charming. It is very easy to watch. It is very pleasant. And so it's easy to get swept up in it and be like, oh, black people must have, you know, they must have been treated decently at that time by some people. And ex- but to think that there was some and that's my point. I think generally, you know, slavery was bad. But someone somewhere is watching this thinking, oh, but some black people were treated right. Do you know what I mean? And that's what yeah. they're holding on to. No, yeah. I'm not saying that. But someone somewhere is watching this is thinking watching that. Is watching
0: that and saying that. Yeah.
1: And those and not are...
0: understanding the history. The history behind also, it. But also, like, that's ownership on you as yeah. a human being. You. Need I don't to... think that's
1: gone with the women's responsibility to no. fix that.
0: That's not Victor Fleming or Margaret Mitchell. No. That's not
1: their... We are getting a little long, but there is one actually thing, one major thing I wanted to discuss. Okay. And that is, for me, part four of Gone with the Wind. Oh. Which is the end portion. So essentially, after Rhett and Scarlett get married.
0: Married life.
1: Yo, man. Those two hate each other. So
0: there's so much. But isn't that what marriage is?
1: (laughs) It's so interesting because I was so surprised by their relationship of these two people who just don't like each other but are somehow in this relationship there's also some, some real surprises in that like last act like some deaths and things that i did not expect to happen oh and I you was didn't like, know about bonnie. i didn't know about either of those i was oh. really i was taken aback by bonnie i did not like that when i felt when i realized it was going to happen when she's like i'm gonna go jump and i'm like no she's gonna die Bonnie's and i could totally run. feel it like coming yeah. i did not like it So there were some surprises, but their relationship was so fascinating. And I'm not sure how I felt about it, to be quite honest.
0: I think it's like a really accurate depiction of what can happen in a lot of marriages, especially like in our culture. There are a lot of like arranged marriages Mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways, like there's kind of felt like it was that Scarlett didn't want to be there necessarily right and so yeah. what happens is you wind up just being with this person because of circumstance like she wanted the money she wanted the clout she wanted to like yeah she didn't want to have to work as hard as she had been working for so long and so she agreed to this and then you know as you stay in this marriage resentment grows and then you have a child, and then you're there because of the child, and then the child unexpectedly dies, and it's like, what? What else is
1: there? What else is keeping you there? Yeah.
0: What else is keeping you there? And I think, I do think, though, I do think he really does love her.
1: Yeah, and I think he grows really frustrated with her obsession with Ashley.
0: Yes, and rightfully well, so. How can you not?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But one could argue she has made it very clear from she the doesn't, beginning. Yeah. She doesn't. She's not interested in him. She's interested in Ashley. And he's really kicking himself in the face because he's the one that's, he knows this. There's no way you can deny that. Why are you still after this one woman? Like you should have moved on at some point.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, that he should have known better. And there is a moment in the movie where like things are actually going very nicely for them. And you can see the switch in her head. And she has like a compact with Ashley's picture. And I remember saying out loud, I'm like, damn it, woman, what is wrong with you? Throw that compact out. Seriously, right? Like, what is it doing there? There's no reason. So anyways, but that's good. You want to be yelling at a screen. You yeah. want to be like interacting with things. But the last thing before we get into before we move on, because we should. Yeah. There one noticeable sex scene mm-hmm. where he takes her up the stairs. Yeah. Because he's had it with her. <laughs> pretty much Mitha pretty would you, much
0: would you say it's a sex scene it's a rape scene really it's a rape scene yeah <laughs> yeah it is
1: what and are our thoughts totally about that totally
0: completely downplayed
1: yeah at the time especially because she wakes up the next day like she had the best orgasm of her life
0: and it results in a child
1: yeah that she loses that she loses but that's besides yeah. the point
0: but I'm just letting people
1: know yeah in case yeah. what are your thoughts on that because we've discussed the race but this is the other I think thing Point of contention for people.
0: That one, I actually had a hard time swallowing more than the actual race Race, aspect of it. Yeah, because it is blatantly rape. And like, if you did have that in today's movie, like that would also be called out
1: for. Well, it would have to be a rape scene. Yeah. And she couldn't wake up the next morning feeling feeling refreshed.
0: It's so awkward, though, because like this also was made in a time where like I'm sure that all the people there and involved, and mm. people who wrote it, believed that because they are husband and wife, yeah. it, it isn't rape. Like they wouldn't understand yeah. that that they would think that it's not rape because they're married, but it still is. And yeah. it could, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it Just that so we're was clear. very it's super clear. Um, yeah. As a teenager, when I watched this, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <what> it, <laughs> yeah. it was like nothing to me but as a grown woman I'm like yeah no that's not cool that's not that really shouldn't be there
1: but Um, again is it just a product of its time
0: I'm willing to forgive it to be a product of its time yeah yeah it's tough it's tough because it also is so accurate as to what would probably happen in that scenario yeah like Rhett is that guy I'm sure he's done that to a few ladies I wouldn't be surprised
1: there is an argument to be said that, not that I'm saying that she wanted it, even though she was saying no. Let's make that perfectly clear. That that's my opinion. We but you also
0: don't know like what happens like once they're upstairs. You know, you don't know what
1: happened. <laughs> what happens? And I think there is an argument that she was attracted to him, but she was so stuck, and that not even in that moment. Just overall, she was such a stubborn person Mm -hmm. that I think part of it, she liked him and she found him attractive and she liked her life, but she was just, had dug in her heels about what she wanted and didn't give a shit about anything else. Mm -hmm. And so there is, I think, a part of her that was like conflicted about what to do with her relationship with him.
0: You know, that's also her third husband.
1: Yo, man. (laughs) And she didn't want any of them. No. Poor Yeah. She yeah. did, wow. She's not a poor woman. She did it to herself. She did. She's not, just, she's anything but her. poor woman. I love her. She's an interesting character, man. Yep. Sequel, prequel ideas?
0: I want to know, does she get Rhett back?
1: Yeah, that's a real good question, actually.
0: Because I think she does.
1: I think she does, too.
0: I think so. I think he would come crawling, like, in yeah. no time.
1: And I think she's learned her lesson.
0: Yes. That's the other thing. Like, she's the one that's gone with the wind. Yes. <laughs> <To> speak, right? <laughs> But I think by the end of the film, she kind of understands what is important. Now, if they get back together, do you think they're going to have any more children? Because he wanted more children.
1: He wanted more children.
0: But she didn't.
1: Yeah. Maybe.
0: Also, how old is she?
1: I don't know. Old because I have no theory. I I think she's meant to be 16 at the beginning of the film. Yes. I read somewhere. So she might be like in her 20s, actually. Wow. I feel like it's only like a 10 year gap from end to end. Yeah. So she might be like 25, 26.
0: So she could totally have some more kids. Yeah.
1: He's also probably like 30, 35 even though he looks like 46. But yeah. like I guarantee he's meant to be he, a lot younger. He
0: is veneer in this film, though.
1: He is. I know right? last
0: week we talked a lot yeah. about Jimmy Stewart versus Clark Gable yeah. and like I will take Clark Gable in Gone with the Wind versus but I didn't want to say that last week because
1: we haven't <laughs> watched Gone with the Wind Thank yet. You. So. I appreciate not spoiling it, Mita.
0: You're welcome. But he is, yeah. He's something. He
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that mustache.
1: It's kinda like Marlon Brando in Streetcar Named Desire.
0: He does have that look to him, yeah. Yeah. There is like a Mediterranean like kind of appeal
1: to something Clark about Clark.
0: I'm like Cable, looking yeah. at a picture of him right now. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out.
1: Well, Mita does that, I'm going to go into my rating. <laughs> yes, please. So, first question, does this deserve, deserve Best Picture? Absolutely. <laughs> I think this is the definition of what Best Picture is. It might have not been technically the Best Picture of the year. It might have not been artistically the Best Picture of the year. But it had. It was a crowd pleaser that was well made, that had a great story, that had amazing acting. It hit everything. This is like, for those people who want context, this is Titanic. Mm. Remember the, and the, it explains why Titanic was as big as it was. Gone with the Wind was such a popular film because it's so sweeping. It's encompassing. It engulfs you in in its presence. And that's what Titanic did. It was so impossible to ignore. There is, I think once, as we go down the list, there's going to be a handful of films this Lord of the Rings, like, there's going to be a few of them where you're just like, well, absolutely, this is the best picture. This is the definition of why that award was made, to be quite honest. It's sweeping, it demands your attention, and it has withstanded attention for 80 years. Mm-hmm. That is something. This is timeless. I am, I watched this right now in my sweatpants, and I was just like completely engulfed by it, not expecting to have the same feelings about it but there were days i had nothing to do last week and i was excited about lunchtime to watch gone with the wind i was like it was a real it was a real treat i felt i enjoyed watching it and i haven't had that feeling about any of our movies i except for it happened one night which i really truly loved but i wasn't excited about watching it the way i was excited about watching this thursday night My wife went to bed earlier. It's just like, I guess I'm watching Gone with the Wind again. Like, it was just, it felt really good. And I think that speaks volumes about the movie. Like, it really shows you that, like, this is, this is what a best picture is. This is, it's timeless. It's all of those good things that a movie is. It's why everyone knows this by its first name. It's why it's referenced in every country, in every language, every, you say Gone with the Wind in a village in India, someone knows. There's a line in Kuchko Chotai <laughs> where they're playing charades yeah. and Johnny Lever says, oh, I just know Gone with the Wind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can totally picture him doing that right now,
1: too. <laughs> I like Gone with the Wind is what he says. And the I whole like time I was watching this, yeah, I was thinking of that line. But anyways, it's so epitomous and it has such a history and such a following and such a such a presence. And it's so rare to see that. And I think I was swept away in that. I'm watching it for the first time and it felt like I was watching a movie experience. And that's nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice to watch something so big and that it has so much presence and so much kind of clout to it. That feels good. Like, I'll watch this again. Totally. Like, I'll encourage my kids to watch it. I'll encourage my wife to watch it. It's so, it's fun. It's one of those, I don't know, I'm sure you had this, but like, I remember one Sunday afternoon we watched... My dad was out of town. My brother hadn't been born yet. And Dr. Zhivago was on something. And we sat for like four hours in the family room while it was like snowing outside and watched Dr. Zhivago. And it's such a specific memory of this like classic movie on TV. And this is like Sunday afternoon during Christmas. You turn on Gone with the Wind and you gather around the TV as a family and you watch it. Like it has that kind of like presence to it. And mm-hmm. that it's just so crackling. I had a real good time watching this. I'm giving it four stars. Four. Mm-hmm. I also want to say I recognize that there's a history and all of that, but honestly, I had a good time, man. Right? Yeah.
0: I have one word for it, and it's an interesting word considering like, the movie that we both just watched this last week, but it is spectacle. It's spectacle. It's exactly what Gone with the Wind is. It's it's something that you just can't help but be attracted to. And going into it, I did have this mindset of like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be like for the culture today. And I think it's because I have consumed a lot of media lately that has been all about cancel culture and how we shouldn't be watching these things of yesteryear because of what they represent in that time. But you can't help, but like be engulfed by this movie. It's just so, it's, so captivating and I haven't up from the past 10 movies that we watched for this podcast for the seasons particularly I have not enjoyed something as much as I have enjoyed this and not just the movie itself but the actual like it's like what you said like the getting ready to watch it part Mm -hmm. like three hours passed by for me it did not feel like a four hour film to me and honestly I would have watched all the way to the end but I had to go to work so (laughs) (laughs) I, I couldn't like yeah. I, I went to work, but it's just it is extremely entertaining. And I also think it's telling you the point of view from a woman and in film history. I don't think we had anything at that time and haven't had anything like it since where you're just so captivated by this one particular woman's story, all the things that she's been to. She's unapologetically herself mm-hmm. and you can't help but fall in love with her, even though she is somewhat of a despicable person yeah she has you know a lot of ways she does not have any morals she does not have any sort of sympathy for herself or for others but she is so thrilling and so captivating that you can't help but fall in love with her and her story and like want to know what's going to happen Uh where is your life going you know the intermission of this movie does make the like you could technically end the film at that point and kind of have an idea of like what's gonna yeah. happen. But her portrayal specifically leaves you thinking, like, but what what's more? Yeah. Like what are you gonna do as God is your witness? Yeah. Like show me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Show
0: me what's gonna happen. And even by the end of it, when you know she's you know, tomorrow is another day. I wanna know what happened tomorrow. Tell me. I need to know. And I I had seen this before, but I had never really, I think, appreciated it at that time. But now as like an adult, I can really appreciate this movie for what it is. And for me, this is the first movie we've watched that really does encompass Best Picture. Uh Like I've enjoyed some of the other ones, but this really just like this is what Best Picture should be. And I'm going to hold everything up to this
1: from Ooh, now on okay. yeah
0: and i am gonna land with four as well there you we go. We were
1: both swept up in the wind
0: we loved it we were gone
1: we loved it i didn't expect to like it that much i'm brutally honest here
0: part of me wants to change my rating for it happened one night
1: oh to what Three and a to half.
0: Three and a half.
1: Mm. it's up to you why
0: because i just don't i'm looking at it i'm like oh i'm surprised they're tied
1: mm. i've given this all quiet on the western front And What Happened One Night, four stars.
0: Yes. And I've just given It Happened One Night and this four. But we'll see.
1: You don't have to make a decision, then. I don't. No.
0: Because I'm Scarlett O'Hara and I do what i (laughs) want.
1: But what you do have to do right now, Mitha, Mm. we're going to play a little game. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah,
0: we are. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, we are. Okay.
1: Okay, Mitha. (laughs) Last week, I was asked by you Mm -hmm. to connect... Uh, Joe writes Anna Karenina <laughs> yeah. to the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and so this yeah. week I am asking you to connect the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, yeah, to one of my all-time favorite films, mm-hmm. The Exorcist.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: and your timer starts now.
0: Um, where do I start? <laughs> Where I'm trying to, like, go back and figure out how I can... Ellen Burstyn.
1: That's your best bet.
0: That's my best bet, for sure. Um, Let's see. How can we connect Ellen Burstyn? Well, we could go... um, This is hard. Okay. Ellen Burstyn is in... I'm going backwards. Um, Uh Requiem for a Dream with Jared Leto. Uh Mm-hmm. Jared Leto is in.
1: 20, so many seconds. things.
0: I'm, there's like such an easy way to do this too. Has James Franco and Jared Leto been in anything? No. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I'm probably gonna lose. I That's don't think a minute. I can get there. I'm
1: gonna give you 30 seconds more.
0: I really don't think I can get there. But I think you can. <laughs> you're gonna give me a chance, okay? Um. Just me making this noise. For the <laughs> <of them. laughs> Let's see. Okay, so he's in. Okay, Ellen Burstyn is in Room for a Dream with Jared Leto. Jared Leto That's is That's a minute in. 30, but keep going. I'm just going to stop. I'm not going to get it. I'm going to lose. I'm going to forfeit oh, my no. win for this. So
1: I think Ellen Burstyn to Jared Leto. Yeah. Jared Leto.
0: I hate him so much. So I can't think of anything.
1: There's Jared Leto is in a lot, and I think your best bet is, uh, Jared Leto, Blake Lively.
0: I guess so. We could do Blake Lively's in the town with. We could do Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is in. I don't know Argo. With, <laughs> I'm my brain's really hurting today. It's a hard could, one. It's a hard one. I,
1: th- I thought Blake Lively. Blake Lively's in a simple plan. Or a simple favor, a favor. sorry, with Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. And Anna Kendrick is in The Accountant with Ben Affleck.
0: Ben Affleck is in...
1: No, wait, sorry, that doesn't work, get, actually.
0: Because yeah, we could just do Blake Lively and Ben Affleck in the town. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's harder than
0: it is. It's harder.
1: It's a pretty tough one.
0: Okay. I was hoping to... I don't know where my James Franco thing came from, actually, now that I think about it. And then I was trying to think of, like, Amber Tamblyn. How can I do this with Amber Tamblin Amber Tamblyn. But then I was like, oh, that's probably harder.
1: I think that's harder. Yeah. Anyways, there must might be a way. Maybe we'll figure it out next week.
0: <laughs> we're not even going to bother.
1: No. We'll get okay. to it. We're just, it's, you know, we're pretty long here today. But we'll get to it next week when we watch Alfred Hitchcock's only best picture, best picture winner.
0: Rebecca. Rebecca.
1: Rebecca. That's it. This feels like a... Like, we're being spoiled right now, Mita.
0: Like, all the movies?
1: All the, like, two back-to-back classics that we know and recognize and like. I have seen Rebecca. You have seen Rebecca. Yep. So this is going to be, like, a Rebecca redo. Woo! But I'm looking forward to it because I do have opinions about Rebecca. The Rebecca. Just Rebecca. Rebecca. But that's all for next week. Mita, do you have... I'm sure you got some parting words for us.
0: <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn.
1: Also, finally, when you watch it in the context of the movie, it feels real good.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've known it for the for a long time, so I I'm glad you have that experience now. Yeah,
1: I get it, and I'm just like, I get why he's such a dick to her because she is awful.
0: So terrible. She's so
1: terrible. Also, the theme music which is playing right now as we sign off has been in my head all week long.
0: That's good, eh? That's
1: good. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number 2 Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod or send us an email at Movies to watch pod at gmail.com.
1: As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.